Mindfully Delicious, a lifestyle podcast dedicated to helping you be your best self in this overprocessed world. Here we blend the art and science of being more fully present and eating for better health. Hi guys, welcome to another Mindfully Delicious podcast. So today, Kristen and I are going to be talking on the topic of resilience. Woo! That's right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. resilience. Yeah, talking about resilience. And so this is the thing. Okay, so by the end of this podcast today, you are going to be walking away with really simple, easy tips and tricks that you can incorporate um, very easily into your everyday life to help build your resilience. So... All right, I have a question. I know we can't see you guys out there, but raise your hand if you've ever experienced uh, stress. Uh, So there are two hands in here. Um, So this is the thing. The reason why this topic is so important and so relevant, you know, in in today's world is because, and this is according to um, um, Harvard Business Review, one quarter of all employees view their jobs as the number one stressor, you know, and... And, right, I mean, stress is... It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And the thing about it is is one of the reasons why stress is so prevalent is because we are constantly connected, right? We're connected 24-7. We're always on. We're, in, we're working in highly demanding work cultures where stress and burnout um, is, is definitely widespread. And if you've ever experienced chronic stress and burnout, and I know that I have. Oh, yeah. Right? Everyone. Everyone has. Um, you know that it can wreak havoc on your health and on your ability to be fully productive, not only at work, but also like in your, in your personal life. Totally. In your personal life. And so the, the thing about it is that um, ABC News came out um, last year, and they, and they did a report um, that was called US Workers, Are, U.S. Workers Are Burned Out. And... They, they said many American employees are near their breaking point. A half, get this, one half of workers feel overworked and overwhelmed at least, at least some of the time, 50%. Wow. Right? And 70%, get this, say that they often dream of having a different job. <laughs> isn't, that, horrible. isn't that horrible? Yeah. And so how can you be fully productive and focus if you are burnt out, overwhelmed, and nearly... Hate your job. Hate your job. And And, and you want to look for other things, right? And so the thing about it is that there's studies to suggest that the more overworked and overwhelmed someone is, the more likely that that they're going to make mistakes at work. We know this in academic medical centers because a lot of times when people are stressed, when they're burnt out, um, they're they're more likely to make medical errors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hello, I don't want that happening to me as a a patient. Um, when someone, when the more overworked and overwhelmed someone is, the more likely they are to look for new positions. We already talked about that. The more likely they are to feel anger, t- not only toward their employer, you know, or to their director, whoever they're reporting to, but they're more likely to resent their coworkers. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And so the thing about it is that not only is there a cost to the individual in terms of their own um, personal health and well-being, but also the stress and burnout is costing companies big time. And um, I was reading, I I happened to see a a report by, um, it was an article in in Business Insider, and they said that stress and burnout are costing U.S. companies $300 billion dollars. 
a year due to um, healthcare costs mm-hmm. that are directly related to stress as well as people missing days of work. Wow. Right? Because they're just, they, they just can't handle it. Mm-mm. And the thing about it is that, is that this is the reality. I mean, the reality of, of, of life and of, uh, and of work is that, is that things really aren't going to change. Like the pace and intensity of our work cultures are not likely to change. No. Right. And so it's more important than ever to figure out like how to build resiliency. Yes. And so, um, so, you know, when you Google, if you, if everyone were to get on their computers right now and Google resilience, there would be all sorts of articles on the topic that pop up. And so they're popping up in places like Psychology Today, The New Yorker, Harvard Business Review, Forbes Magazine, Time Magazine, and a whole host of medical centers. But to define resilience, and I also like, actually, when, when, we, when we were getting ready for this podcast, you told me about um, a definition you came across, but uh, mindfulness, or excuse me, not mindfulness, but resilience, and this is a definition that I found through the Harvard Business Review, which I really liked, yeah. um, is, is this is it. So this, the quote is, it's the ability to recover from setbacks adapt well to change and keep going in the face of adversity. What was wow. the what was the definition you had? Resilience allows you to get knocked down by life and come back stronger than ever. Yeah. Right? So it's the ability to like when things are coming at us to pop back up with greater speed mm-hmm. but but being affected by it less. D- does Absolutely, cuz like you said we're going to face all of these things no matter what. We can't change a lot of these things, yeah. but how we respond to them and how resilient we are at kind of adapting to some of these things, that's really the home run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And apparently there's been more than 50 years of research that that uh, research that points to resili- that resilience is built by attitudes. It's built by our behaviors and our social support, which can be adopted and cultivated by anyone. And so I guess there are some individual factors that lead to resilience, and these include optimism. Um, it also includes the ability to stay balanced and manage strong and difficult emotions, which in the day, can you imagine oh. how many difficult and strong emotions we experience? So you got to be able to manage those with certain, certain strategies. Yeah, exactly. No, that's awesome. And it's also um, an, another factor that leads to resilience includes a sense of safety and strong emotional support system. Um, so a couple months ago, um, there was a gentleman by the name of, uh, Dr. Brian Sexton that came to Rush University Medical Center where I, um, where I work. And he, um, came and did a, um, a really, really cool lecture on the topic of resilience. And so what I want to do, um, oh, and this is, this is the thing. So I guess he's an expert in the area of resilience. That's why he was talking on the topic. And he mentioned that for each feeling that we have of burnout throughout the day or throughout our week, he mentions there is an opportunity for resilience. So I'm going to say that again. For each feeling of burnout that we have, there is an opportunity for resilience. So it's like the other side of the coin, you know, for stress and burnout. There's an opportunity. There is an opportunity. That is exactly right, Kristen. Um, And he said, the trick is to build mental muscles to deal with challenges thrown our way, both personally and professionally. And I think we've shared in previous, previous um, podcasts that 
that there's so much research on this topic of stress and the fact that there is neuroscience to show that we are hardwired and to focus on stress and the negative things that are going on in our life. Like mm-hmm. we, our brains can be so easily hijacked by, oh, right. by stress <laughs> and by burnout and by just negative stuff, right? Has, has that ever happened to you? No, never. No, no. Yeah, not me either. <laughs> yeah, get it. Um, but the great news is that there's a lot of science to support now the fact that we can easily flip this burnout and stress on its head by building a muscle, again, for resilience. And so one of the things that I'm going to have everybody do right now, remember, we told you that, you were gonna, that we were going to provide you with some simple tips and tricks. Here's the first one. All right, everybody? So I want you to grab um, a piece of paper and a pen. So I'll give you a minute to do that. Uh, everyone have something to write down with? Okay, good. So, um, so this is something that he has been doing. The, the following thing that I'm going to be talking to you about this activity is something that he's been that he's been researching, and the impact that it's having on people's lives is really pretty amazing. And so, and it's something that that takes less than you know maybe three minutes a day. Wow, right? But it's all about getting into the habit of this. So, what I want you to write down on your paper is I want you to. Um, write down the, the numbers one, and then have a little space, two, have a little space, and then three, little space, okay? And I want you to take a moment, and I'm gonna, there's gonna be a little bit of pause, a little bit of, of silence here in a second. And I want you to write down on these, at these three little uh, numbers, think about in the past 24 hours, what were three good things that happened to you in the last 24 hours. And if you've never done a practice like this, it it might actually be really hard for you to think, oh my gosh, like in the last 24 hours, what were three good things that, that happened to me? And so it could be something as simple as, gosh, that's right. That person at the, that, that, that woman at the grocery store opened the door for me and she had the biggest smile and it made my day. All yeah. right. Simple things. Simple right? things. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, certainly if you're the person who just won the $540 million um, lottery, yeah. like that would, <laughs> pretty, that, that would be a pretty big thing. But anyway, so I'm going to be quiet for a second. I'm going to give you time, write down three good things that have happened in the past 24 hours. So go ahead and just take some moments and think about that. We're still here, we promise. <laughs> you haven't left you yet. No. That's hard. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know there's good things, yes. but just to stop and think about it. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll give these guys another 30 seconds. And and don't feel like you have to complete this. This is just like a little exercise. Okay, so next to each good thing, I want you to write down 
what was your role in making that good thing happen? I know it sounds a little bit interesting, but just think about it for a second. What, were, what was your role in making these three good things happen? Okay, now what I want you to do, and this is the last step. For this three, three good things practices, there are three steps. So this is the last step in the three good things practice. At the top of your page, I want you to jot down the following emotions, okay? So you'll write these down at the top of your page. The following emotions of awe, gratitude, inspiration, interest, joy, hope, love, pride, serenity, other, and non-applicable. All right, so that's your list of emotions. For each good thing, I would like to, I'm, the invitation is for you to look at those emotions. And so for each good thing, what emotion is associated with each good thing from that list of emotions up, up, up above? Okay, so everyone have that? So give yourself a high five. We'll give you, two, give you a high five, Kristen, for doing that. You just completed what's called the three good things practice. And this is when, when you take just a few moments of your, of your day at the end of the day and you reflect on three good things, you're building a mental and emotional muscle to help strengthen your own resiliency. And as a result of that, there are the, the the benefits are are just endless endless and amazing not only are you there is there evidence to show that you, that it can boost your immune system that it can decrease that it can decrease stress that it increases your emotional well-being it increases your sense of happiness it can can increase your sense of of focus and productivity but the other thing is that um, is that the more that you practice this, and actually I found this to be true when I did this over a sev several week period, the more that you will go throughout your day seeing the good things that are happening in the moment. And one last thing to add to this, if you want to boost your resiliency, um, when you are doing this practice, the three good things practice, and or when you notice good things that are happening in your life, if you can take 10 to 20 seconds, not minutes, 10 to 20 seconds, which is just like that, I want you to savor how that good thing, I want you to savor that good thing and how, how that made you feel. So 
here's to building resiliency. Thank you so much for your time and, uh, and have fun with the three good things practice. You know, that's, and one thing to leave um, you with, it's so funny because when you like come across people in your day, everyone's always like, what have you been up to? What's new? And I find that that's the hardest question to answer because a lot has been new and I've been up to a lot, uh-huh. but I find myself being like, oh, nothing. Yeah. You know, when it's like, yeah, you have a lot of good things and you should be able to share those and tell people because it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, I mean, it could just be simple things like you said, a smile at the grocery store. Yeah. So, so I'm curious if you don't mind sharing with people, like what was, cause have you ever done that practice before? Never. No. So what was that like to come up with three good things? Like in real time, how, how did you feel about that? I thought it was really hard at first, and I was thinking, well, there's got to be three good things that happened to me in 24 hours. So once I started like thinking about one, then another one came, and then another one came, and then I felt like, well, she only wanted me to list three things. Okay. So it's, I feel like it's almost like law of attraction. When you start to think of one good thing, something else pops in, you know, and then you start to surround yourself with these things. So I think it was hard at first. But I think it's a really, really powerful activity to do on a daily basis because I think you forget about so many of these good things and that one little bad thing can change your whole week, your whole day. And it's that's you shouldn't let it. You should be resilient to that because that's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. But but it, it but to be to, but to be fair, right, we're hardwired to focus on that thing. So the bad, so yeah. by building this resilience we offset, we begin to offset the brain's wiring and firing to focus on negative things and instead build, literally change our brain through this process of neuroplasticity or, or, or I guess it's as a result of neuroplasticity. Um, and, then, and, then, and then when I asked you to, to then um, jot down the emotions that were associated, how, what, would that, what did that feel like? Do you, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was you know, I felt like every one of my good things, I was able to match some short, sort of emotion, like yeah. almost effortlessly, uh-huh. you know, um, and some more than others. And yeah. and there were simple things. I mean, one of my good things was I watched Game of Thrones last night. Nice. It was really great. But, you know, there's things like that that just, you that's what you look forward to. And mm-hmm. it can bring you happiness and all these different emotions that come with it. And it could be the littlest of, of things. Yeah. So I know that you um, are going to be talking about resilience um, from your perspective and give people some some awesome information. So um, I'm so take it away. Yeah, I mean I love this exercise, and I feel like resilience is such a powerful word, and it can mean so many different things. And you know, kind of going off your background of kind of what you said and how people, you know people's days really affects their resilience and the stress and every like chaos of life. Um, But yeah, I found myself looking at a lot of different definitions of resilience and just kind of coming up with my own, you know, way about it. And I think we all know that the more resilient we are, the more we have the ability to recover quickly from all these difficulties or bounce back, which we're all trying to do on a regular basis. But to me, resilience is like an energy. Um, and I really believe it's the strength that we need to really live our best self. So I think of resilience more as an energy. And to me, having greater resilience really starts with building that energy. And of course, I believe that that really starts with the right fuel, fuel you give yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get things done or function at your highest level if you don't have energy. 
and you get energy from having the right fuel. And really, I mean, as a dietitian, of course, this is what I love to talk about, but food is our number one fuel source. It's our number one energy source. And, you know, we talk about you eat to live or you live to eat, however you want to look at it. We know that it's really, really powerful. Um, And, you know, food is fuel and it really has a direct impact on our overall energy and the way we perform and the way that we think of everything. And I think most of us know that what happens when we give our body the wrong fuel sometimes. So maybe the wrong food. We know that we have um, issues with our energy. Maybe we have issues with sleep. Maybe we can't focus, you know, think clearly. Yeah. Uh, Can I just pop in for a second? I want to let you know that that was my day yesterday. I mean, I fully understand, right, like the the importance of of good food and all this other stuff. Yesterday... I um, I had a smoothie for breakfast, and then didn't eat lunch. Or wait, no, maybe I had a I had a uh, um, I don't know a granola bar, and then for dinner, I didn't really feel like cooking because I didn't have a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and I decided to I went to a, um, a a restaurant and had a cocktail and some nachos, and it was just. It, it, I enjoyed the first couple of bites, but then I ate the rest of it. You know, I was with somebody else. And um, and it just was, I left feeling bloated. I left feeling, I, I went home, I took a nap. Yeah, and, no energy. And, and, and no energy. And I, and I went to bed just not... I didn't. I didn't like how I felt. I couldn't wait to have a good night's sleep. Yes, and, and start wake over. up today and start over. Yep. So today was a new day, right? Each day you have with that. Well, that's the most powerful thing: is the body can heal itself when you give your body the right fuel. Yes. It doesn't matter how you bad you've been. I mean, we all have days like that. Yeah. I know sometimes the weekends you're off your schedule, but and and we all know food is important. But when we look at it in a little different light, and we know that we are so much better we're better performers when we eat better and we take time to really prepare our meals and eat healthy I mean just everything starts to come together we can really bounce back yeah we can have a lot of fun we can give the energy to the people that really mean the most of it to us because if we don't have energy and we're just eating you know like crap all the time how can we expect to really give anything back yeah yeah I think So we know what happens when we give our body the wrong fuel. It's just not good. And you can't really perform at your best. And I really think that's what we're kind of all looking to do is just live our best life. And um, so I just want to share the story that I experienced firsthand, the impact of having the wrong fuel. And this happened the day after I brought my husband, I bought my husband his brand new scooter. Oh, I I remember that. Yeah. So I buy him this scooter because it really, we live in Chicago and it's one of our number one means of transportation, oh especially gosh. in the summer. Yeah. And I bought him a scooter and I actually had a friend help me put it all together. And so I was able to surprise my husband when he was at work one day and I picked him up. It was just shiny mint green scooter, brown seat, super cute, Fun. purring like a kitten. Yeah. Just like <laughs> we were able, I think we can go like 45 miles an hour or something. Just so, so exciting. Yeah. And so we had a great night with it. We took it to our, her favorite restaurant. And the next day my husband left town and I was like, you know, I'll take the scooter on a spin. Um, I'll fill it up with gas because 
he's out of town. I'll do him a favor so that when he gets back in town, he can take it to work the next day. So like how we always are on autopilot, we do everything on autopilot. We don't think about it. We're never mindful. We're never present. We're never fully engaged. I was rushing around here and there, ran to the... um, the gas station so went to fill up my scooter wasn't thinking anything about it all I remember at the time is this friend that helped me put it together said Kristen make sure that you give your scooter premium gas because it'll run better Mm. and it'll last much longer you know because it's 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 a different kind of gas it's more powerful so all I remember is okay do premium gas but don't do unleaded So I remember seeing the signs, I remember seeing unleaded, and then I remember seeing another one. So I thought to myself, don't do unleaded. He said not to. So I fill it up with the other little nozzle, okay? So I put it in my scooter, and then I ride down the street, and things are starting to smell weird on the scooter. And then all of a sudden, the scooter just dies. No. Completely dies on me. And it's brand new. Nothing's wrong with it. So I'm like, what's going on? I park it somewhere. I call my husband. And um, I'm like, I'm not sure what's going on with it. Usually, he's the one that can fix anything and can jumpstart it. So he's like, just leave it there. I'll come the next day and try and jumpstart it. I had no idea what happened. And I had no idea what was wrong with it. The next day, my husband went and tried jump-starting it a million, million times. Nothing happened. Um, I called this friend who had helped me put the scooter together because he knows a lot about scooters. And I was just thinking, well, maybe he can tell me what he thinks is wrong with it. And so he was asking me all these questions like, well, did you put the gear oil in? And did you do this? And did you do this? And he's like, and you gave the scooter premium gas, right? And that's where, like, because I was in on autopilot, I wasn't really connecting the dots. And when I stopped to really slow down and think, I realized that I did not put premium gas in. I put diesel gas. Oh, no. So all I was thinking was, do not do unleaded. Yeah. Do the other one. Yeah. Didn't read the sign, nothing. No. Put diesel gas. What happens when you give, like, a, a car or yeah. something diesel? It yeah. dies, yeah. right? So I was like... Balling. First of all, I started balling. And then I got on Google and I was like, what can I do to fix this? Right? So thank God for Google. Thank God for Google. And I realized that it's fixable and you can make a full recovery from putting diesel gas in. And what you have to do is you have to drain the gas. So you have to cleanse the tank. You have to detox it. You got to put in the right fuel. You got to run it a few times and then it'll run like new. Wow. So yeah, there's a process to it, but it's also made me think about just the body in general that when we give our body the wrong fuel, mm-hmm. it can't perform. Mm-hmm. No matter how many times we try and jumpstart it, yeah. it just won't. And so the coolest thing is that, you know, when we give our body the right fuel and the right ingredients and we give it the right cleanse and detox, we can bring it back to life. And um, now that, you know, our scooter's running like a champ, it's brand new again, and, you know, there is power in, in, in having kind of the right fuel, so. Is that, is that why you make me such great lunches when I c- come over here? Yes. When we're prepping for this oh, yeah. podcast? What, yeah. I just want to let everybody know that she's an amazing, um, I, I'm always so grateful to have lunch here, and it's, be- I know why, Kristen, it's because you want me to perform I want you to perform better. Can you blame <laughs> me? Yes. I'm always like, I'll make lunch before our podcast. She's like, can I bring anything? That's so sweet of you. Nope, just bring yourself. Just bring yourself. Uh, Food is powerful. So we're feeling good. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the funny thing, too, is our whole life is a story. 
And if we just stop to kind of pay attention and notice these things, it really gives us the knowledge to learn from our mistakes Mm -hmm. and make better choices and become more resilient over time. And so when it comes to the right fuel, you know, when we give our bodies the right fuel, we can be more productive, more efficient, more, more focused. We can be happier more engaged so it really allows us to build that energy yes and I feel like that's really what resilience is is energy that gives us momentum to work smarter and live better because we don't want to work longer or harder we just want to work smarter we only have a limited amount of time so um because we know that nothing in this world is created equal I just want to leave you with some things that you can do to really give your body the right fuel so you can be more resilient and have better energy um You know, sometimes when it comes to food and thinking about food as fuel, like it's very confusing for a lot of people because there's 40,000 items in the supermarket. Wow. And 40% of those items aren't real food. So a lot of people say, well, it's so confusing. There's so many choices. Well, not really. Because when you're really starting to read the ingredient list, because we talked about ingredients really are the number one indicator of quality. When you give your body the right ingredients, it knows what to do. So we know that we need carbs, proteins, fats, and calories, but really depends on where these things are coming from. So reading the ingredient list will be the number one indicator of quality, and it really allows us to weed out those bad foods. Mm. So if you pick up a food and you read the ingredient list and you can't pronounce anything, and there's 67 ingredients, Mm -hmm. it's not, sorry to say, but it's not real food. Yeah. So then you have to think about what's that really going to do for your body. Mm. And you never need to waste any of these things. I think a lot of people think, well, these foods I love. I love Doritos. Or I love, you know, this that has 99 ingredients. Well, there's other options that taste just the same and are better. And so it really does start with reading the ingredients and knowing where, you know, our food is coming from. And we talk a lot about this at On Target Living is, you know, the most powerful fuel on the planet. They're called superfoods. Food is medicine. It's going to be the most powerful. And these are just foods that are in their most natural state. So we say closest to the source, which just means that they're most nutrient dense. They're really energizing. They're the least processed. Usually they're the most affordable. And so this is like a funny thing that sometimes we ask people um, because so many people are buying gluten-free products. Gluten-free products, are those closer or further away from the source? Are they closer or further away from their most natural state? Aren't they further? They're further away. Yeah, because because you have to process. There's more process. You have to remove the gluten. You have to add something else in. But then you have to ask yourself, well, you know, gluten doesn't come from healthy superfoods. It comes from processed foods. And we know that fruits, vegetables, most ancient grains, lean meats, healthy fats, those don't have gluten. Mm -hmm. So just using more common sense to Mm -hmm. make some of these choices, because we know that the better we eat, the better we feel Mm -hmm. and the more energy we have. And it really doesn't have to be hard. So We know the body needs carbs. In fact, the brain needs 400 calories from carbs just to function or think clearly. So using ingredients as your as your number one fuel source on the planet, because that's going to be the most powerful. And just something I'll end you guys with today. um, I think we really build our resilience through a healthy lifestyle because I think things are going to come our way and we need to be able to like get picked back up and respond differently. And that's really what a healthy lifestyle can do. It will pick us back Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. We may fall off the wagon here and there, but we can get right back on. And and can I just say one thing? I mean, and that, that is such a powerful statement. And the thing about these practices 
you know, that, that you provide in your um, on-target living, you know, um, uh, sessions and the things that I provide in my rebalance um, mindfulness workshops is that we are giving people very simple but very powerful you know, not only information, but experiential exercises and things that they can incorporate into their life so that they can become habits. Yes. Because the more and more that you're doing something, you know, the greater you're going to feel, you're going to feel kind of in, in, in real time. However, when you then have, you know, a, a, a really stressful experience, you are going to have all, you're going to have this toolbox that you can pull out that you've already practiced right. all this stuff. You, you're eating good superfoods. You're being mindful. You, you're building your resilience to help you bounce back and get back and into not, that. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why these things are so important, you guys. Yeah. That you don't just wait until you are at, the, at a tipping and cracking point. Mm-hmm. You want to start doing this stuff now. Absolutely. Because, yeah, the body can heal itself. It can recover when you give it the right things. And it doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to take a lot of time to do this. Because really, when you build these habits, you build these daily rituals, that really gives you that momentum that you don't really have to think about or worry about. It just happens. And one key lifestyle tip I have for people is really following the 80-20 rule. And I think this really allows you to build more resilience. And that's just 80% of the time you do good things for yourself. Mm. 20% of the time, you don't worry about it. You do Things happen that you can't control. So a lot of times I'll tell people, 80% of the time, majority of the week, cook more meals at home. Yeah. Eat healthy foods. Read the ingredients list. 20% of the time, drink your wine. Yeah. Go out to eat. Right. Do you know other things. That gives you four meals out of the week that you can splurge yeah. 20% of oh, the time. Cool. But you can also use this rule to your work life too. Mm. I mean... Yes, Monday through Friday is work. That's unfortunately most of our time is spent working. Yeah. And we hang out with those people more than our family or our spouses. But 80% of the time you work. Yeah. You work hard. You work efficient. 20% of the time you let it go. Mm-hmm. Because then that will allow you to build more of that resilience and really allow you to go through life with more purpose and more momentum and more energy. So using that rule in really all aspects of life, I think is, is powerful. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I think, I think what, what nice, I think the three good things practices really fits into that, into that. Absolutely. I mean, it fits into a hundred percent of the day. Right. But, um, you know, taking that 20% to, to focus then, right. Or using part of that 20% to focus on the three good things I think would be, and it only takes what three minutes. And, and that's the thing. When people say they don't have time, they don't have three minutes a day, that's where they really need to take a step back and say, your life is that unbalanced that you don't have three minutes. Maybe that's a sign that yes. things need to get a little bit more in balance. Well, exactly. Rebalance. That's right. <laughs> rebalance. That's, right. that's right. So hopefully you picked up some good tips. And remember that, you know, building these kind of rituals it takes time. Yeah. There's no shortcuts and you really want to be able to enjoy the process because the reward will be so much bigger. Yeah. And this is the thing. Sometimes it's hard for us to do this, you know, by ourselves. And so, you know, find a partner that, that, that will keep you, um, what is it? What is the word? Accountable. Accountable. Yeah. Find an accountability partner to do this with Yeah. and, um, and have fun with it. And, um, you know, if you start doing this, just let us know how it's going. Do you need more energy? You want to get a snack? 
I do want a snack. Okay. Yeah. So make sure to eat the right ingredients, fuel your body the right way, and hopefully you'll live just a life full of resilience. Thanks for the privilege of your time, everybody. Two hip chicks. Sign out now. Bye-bye.